The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Are you getting it now? Yes. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> if there is a way to free ourselves from suffering, we must use every moment to find it. Only a fool wants to go on suffering. <clears throat> Isn't it sad to knowingly imbibe poison? I was just on a uh, pilgrimage to Myanmar with um, a Buddhist teacher. His name was Stephen Batchelor. And um, he, uh, he gave Dharma talks every, every day. Uh, but the, the theme, the central theme in his Dharma talk, and I think Gil would not disagree with this, is that in a state of non-reactivity, just in a simple state of non-reactivity, this is nirvana. We pay a lot of attention to our suffering. We have all kinds of words for our suffering, all kinds of descriptions. Lust, anger, revenge, sadness, remorse, depression, fear, anxiety, on and on. And we spot it in ourselves. We spot it in our thoughts. And we spot it in our feelings. The Buddha taught, I, something like, um, what I teach is suffering and non-suffering. And I know personally in my life, I've spent a lot of time paying a lot more attention to suffering than I have to non-suffering. Understanding it, understanding the holding on, understanding the attachment to, to these floods that I was talking about before, and how to let go of these floods. It didn't occur to me until, you know, several years ago, actually. Let go into what? It's kind of 
you know, when you just let go, it can be kind of like depressing in a way, like there's nothing, it's nothing. You know, you let go into nothing. And, and then the, uh, the, uh, the tantalization of uh, praise or blame or success or failure or reputation or infamy or being, all those tantalizations, sensual pleasures, material, they seem a lot more interesting than this kind of absence, this, this uh, nothing. And probably um, there was a good reason why Buddha did not name the Third Noble Truth as something. He just called it the absence of suffering. Suffering has ceased. <clears throat> because if the Buddha had named it something, then we'd all want that, right? And the whole materialistic desire, grasping thing would focus on that. It certainly is named in every other religion, grace, ecstasy, right? God, heaven. But I think it's useful for us because, particularly because we're so judgmental of ourselves in, in uh, Western culture. I'm not so sure they were so self-judgmental in Buddha's time or even in Eastern societies today. <clears throat> the Dalai Lama didn't understand, uh, understand this concept. It had to be explained to him by Western teachers. Self-judgment. So I think it's very useful for us, for me, to, um, to see what this non-suffering is all about in a, in a feeling way. We certainly have it all defined on the other side. There's a sutra called the Upanisa Sutra. And... Um, it's, it's kind of obscure, but um, it talks about these qualities. Uh, the, it, it's called the, uh, the, the transcendent, the transcendent co-arising conditions. These are transcendent conditions that co-arise. There's another 12-fold chain of rising conditions, but they're the suffering conditions. And that's a lot more famous. But this one begins with suffering, just exactly where the other one begins. But instead of shooting off into ignorance, it shoots off into faith. Suffering leads to faith, which is, I think, why most of us sit down and watch our breath. There must be some way out of here. Said the, said the joker to the priest, I think, is a phrase. There must be some way out of here. You know, there's faith. You know, there's some faith in this practice, some faith in the teaching, some faith in awareness, some faith in mindfulness, um, some faith in some sense of unity, of, of, uh, 
of uh, unity that we sense when we sit down for the first time and meditate. There's some way out of here, out of this conditional clinging. And this, in this system, suffering leads to faith, and then faith opens up into this, into all of these very positive conditions that um, supposedly, uh, the way it's defined in the sutra, one condition opens into another, opens into another. But that's in a deep meditation, and, um, and it doesn't really matter, I don't think. I think what matters is getting some sense for these very nice conditions, these nice transcendent conditions that we experience. And they are um, gladness, relief, happiness, some sense of happiness, some sense of contentment, some sense of sukha. Sukha is the opposite of dukkha. Tranquility. Equanimity. Can you sense those feelings in yourself? When there's non-reactivity, peace. Buddha wrote a, uh, Buddha, Gil, wrote a book um, called Buddha, Buddhism Before Buddha. And this was before a lot of concepts and systems were, were organized. These were the very early teachings. And <clears throat> there was only one positive uh, state of mind and feeling that was mentioned in those days. In, 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 the, in those, in, it's called the Book of Eights. But it's mentioned... I think six times, and that is peace. It's the only one. <coughs> Other qualities are uh, uh, dispassion. What happens, what arises when we have dispassion? When we aren't grasping to these things? Detachment. Liberation. Concentration. So I think it's um, very worthwhile to, very important to look into our non-suffering, to, to understand the qualities of our being to value the qualities of our being in non-suffering. And um, I didn't know whether or not to say this, and I will, because, but I, I will anyhow, because some of you may not relate to this, but um, I think it's, if, if you have some sense of, uh, <clears throat> in your meditation, of, uh, of some absorption, some, some, you know, feeling of being absorbed into something nice. <clears throat> I think that's a very healthy thing to do. 
Excuse me. These posit positive qualities have a lot to compete with to get our attention, to get our inclination. <laughs> Those um, four worldly dharmas, you know, they're just part of, they're just our karma, they pull us so strongly. So if we can, if we can experience something positive, something, something even strongly positive as, uh, as in an absorption. There's a, uh, <clears throat> a definition of this, this kind of absorption <clears throat> in a sutra. <clears throat> it's um, just as a skilled bath person keeps bath powder in a metal basin and sprinkling it gradually with water, kneads the bath part, uh, uh, wets one's ball of bath powder. So it's like wets the bath powder, soaks it, and pervades it inside and out, yet the ball does not ooze. So a practitioner makes the Rapture and pleasure, born of seclusion, meditation, drench, steep, fill, and pervade the body so that there is no part of one's body unpervaded by the pleasure born of seclusion. So, you know, if we have some access to meditative pleasure, this is not to be ignored. This is to be valued. And if we have just some access to the pleasure of knowing some pleasure of peace and happiness in our non-reactivity. This is as good as it gets. This is nirvana. Might be 10%, might be 20%, might be 30%, might be 90%, whatever. Just as the suffering should be seen and understood, non-suffering, happiness, should be thoroughly seen and thoroughly understood. Thank you. <clears throat>